to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Pray, Lord, use me as a vessel, Lord, only to bring honor unto you, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord, and please be seated. And I want to share with you, we're going back to our message, our series of messages on backsliding, series of messages on backsliding, and how many of you have been here? You have been with us here or on Zoom as we've been talking about backsliding. I think it's a very important message, especially in the times that we are in. And we are sharing from our prophet's book, Backsliding, Develop Your Staying Power. Backsliding, Develop Your Staying Power. And we've shared so many things about backsliding. We've talked about the description, biblical description of backsliding, and we've talked about the psychology of backsliding, that when people are backsliding, what is their mindset? What are some of the things that they think about when they are backsliding? And then we talk about the principal causes of backsliding. You remember all of those? We talk about all of these things, and now... We want to talk about symptoms of backsliding. Symptoms of backsliding. Amen. Amen. Symptoms of backsliding. Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. Luke chapter 21 and verse 25. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations and perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. These are all signs. It says, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold, a fig tree of all the trees, and of all the trees. And when they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now at hand. And the last one, it says, so likewise, ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of heaven is nigh at hand. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, and there shall be signs. There shall be signs. Say there shall be signs. Amen. Signs or symptoms are very important. 
there are very important things that we have. And one of the areas that signs and symptoms are very important is in the field of medicine. Hallelujah. In the field of medicine, signs and symptoms are very important. Amen. You see, signs are, or symptoms are outward clues or things that happen to us on the outward that mean or that tell us that something seriously is happening to a person. Hallelujah. They are outward signs and it tells us that something seriously is happening inside us. And to the unlearned, to someone who is not learned, the signs or the symptoms may not mean much. Hallelujah. When you are having signs or symptoms of a disease and you have not learned about the disease, they may not mean much to you. Hallelujah. If you find someone whose hand is flapping like this and shaking like this all the time, you know, you may not know why. The only thing you may say, why is your hand now shaking all the time? And you may feel that maybe the person is now anointed. Are you listening to me? But when you lift somebody's hand like that and the person's hand keeps going like that, it's a sign that the person's liver is failing. Are you listening to me? It's a sign that your liver is failing. So if you lift up your, lift up your hand like this, you see, you see, everyone's hand is standing like that. But if you see somebody's hand, as you lift it up like this and it's going like that, do you see my hand? If it's going like that, it's a sign that your liver is failing. But for the unlearned, the person who is not learned, it may not mean anything. <laughs> Amen. It may not mean anything. And signs and symptoms are in many fields also. In a mechanic shop, signs and symptoms are important. When you are driving a car and suddenly you are hearing some noise that you never heard before, it's telling you that something seriously is about to happen and you need to take care of it. Hallelujah. So the advantage of early detection, the advantage of having early detection and identifying these signs and symptoms is that you prevent you from suffering a greater consequence. That is the reason why these things are important. The advantage of early detection is to help you to prevent some disaster that is about to happen. Hallelujah. Now, it only becomes an advantage if you take those signs and symptoms seriously. It will not help you if you are told that these signs mean this, these signs mean that, and you don't do anything about it. Then it's not helpful. If your feet are swollen, you put your finger and you press your foot and it dips in. Don't say you are becoming rich. And it's because you are eating well now, so it shows a sign of wealth. It's a sign that your heart is failing. Are you listening to me? It's a sign that your heart is failing. And as soon as you see that, if you are able to take care of that, or you take it seriously and say, I never saw this, but now I am seeing this. Then you'll be delivered. Amen. Are you listening to me? Somebody had a headache. Just headache. Constant headache. It comes and then 
it comes on. So it disturbed him, and then he went to see the doctor, and then they found out that his blood pressure was very high. The blood pressure was very high. So they gave him medicine for the blood pressure. And then he would take the medicine, and the blood pressure would come down, and then the headache would go away. So when the headache goes away, he stops taking the medicine. And then the headache will come, and then he will take it. So when the headache comes, what do you think is happening? The blood pressure is going up again. Then he will take it, and the headache will go away. So he thought this was medicine for headache. Are you listening? And eventually what happened was his kidney failed totally. Young man, his kidney failed. And when he came to the hospital and he was admitted, and they said that you have to be on dialysis, he just could not understand it. He just could not understand it. That you cannot urinate anymore. Are you listening to me? So signs and symptoms are very important. And if we take care of them, then they help us to save us or deliver us from some serious consequence. And similarly, there are symptoms also that detects what is happening in our spiritual life or in our souls. Just as there are signs and symptoms of physical body, there are signs also when they are happening to you, you can tell what is happening in your soul, what is happening in your spiritual life. And that is what we are learning today. And those things may not mean much to you if you are not learned. That is why as a pastor, I am teaching you these things. So now you can identify these signs or these symptoms in your life and see that something catastrophic is about to happen to you. Say amen. amen. So the first symptom we want to talk about, the first symptom is ba- bad company. Bad company. Say bad company. Young people, say bad company. To have bad company means bad friendship. To keep bad company. Amen. When a believer keeps bad company with unbelievers, it is a symptom of someone who is about to backslide. Hallelujah. When you keep bad company, it shows that you are not going to last long with Christ. You are not going to walk long with God. Amen. Now, the company you keep will always tell the kind of person that you are. The company you keep will show you the kind of person you are. It says there's an African proverb that says, show me your friend and I will show you your... Wow, you know it. Show me your friend and I will show you your character. I don't need to know what you do. But once I know what your friends are doing, I can tell what your character is. Amen. It says birds of the same feather flock together. Amen. They flock together. They move together when they have the same feather. So when you have the same people, when you have company with the same type of people, you flock together. You do the things that they do. Amen. Some people are able to sit and chat with others for so long. 
you can chat with your friends for a long time and you feel very comfortable. You can chat with your friends for hours and you feel very comfortable. But then you realize that there are certain company when it's lasting for too long, you feel irritated. How many of you have realized that? So you realize, for instance, that when you are in church and the service is taking long, you feel irritated. But when with you, are, you are with your friends, you feel very comfortable. You feel relaxed. You throw your legs around and you are relaxed and you can chat for hours. Are you listening to me? So you realize that when something is irritating to you, they are not your company. Are you listening? When you are in a company where their conversation is irritating to you, it shows that that is not your company. But when you feel relaxed in that company, it means that you have a lot of things in common. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, the scripture says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Evil communication. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what your manners are. If you communicate and interact and mingle with people with evil communication, it will corrupt your good manners. That is what the Bible says. Now you can rise up and argue and say, not me. Not me. I can be with these people. I can move with these people. And I'll be okay. Are you listening? You say, not me. I will be okay. I know who I am. But if the Bible is saying this, then I want you to believe it. And I want you to accept it. That if you move with evil communicators, you are going to corrupt your good morals. Hallelujah. You, are, you cannot say that the way I was raised, it doesn't matter who I move with. It will corrupt your good morals. Hallelujah. So certain communication, certain company, if you keep, is going to corrupt your morals. Hallelujah. Sometimes you marry a person and that is also a lifetime company. When you marry someone, that is a lifetime company. Are you listening to me? And the person you marry can also corrupt you. You can marry a bad company. And so if God says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, believe that. Because being equally yoked together with unbelievers can corrupt you. It can corrupt you. Hallelujah. So the person you marry can be a lifetime bad company. That can truly affect you. First Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. Let's look at someone who didn't heed to this advice. If you have the NLT, please. Someone who did not listen to this advice and was corrupted by bad company. First Kings chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women. King Solomon loved many foreign women. Kofi, are you listening? (laughs) 
Amen. Yo, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. So with the countries and the nations with alphabets, he was just marrying in the alphabetical order like that. In all the foreign lands. And then he says, the next verse, the Lord, are you listening? You see, I want you to take the word of God very seriously. He says, the, the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, clearly, without any ambiguity, the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. You must not keep company with them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. You must not keep company with these friends because they will turn you from serving God. Are you listening to me? They will turn you from serving God. Yet, Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. You see, that is my point. That is what I'm trying to show you. Because, you see, you think you are wise. You think you are strong. You will think you are brought up well. You will think you know the scriptures. You think you know your God. You think you are wise. He says, yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. And then what happened? So he went on. He had 700 wives of royal birth. 700 wives of royal birth. So every king that he knew, if you have a daughter, he will take one of your daughters. And then in addition, he had 300 concubines. 300 concubines. And in fact, listen, and in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. They did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods. Instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Hallelujah. So that is what I'm trying to point out to you. He says, Solomon, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful. You may think you are still faithful. You may think you are still in church. Reverend, I married this person, but I'm still in church. I still pay my tithe. I still come to church every Sunday. I'm still singing. I'm still praying. I'm still attending this meeting. But your heart is turned away. You are backsliding. He says he, he could not serve the Lord completely. He could not be faithful completely with the Lord because of the company he was keeping. Are you listening to me? And verse 5, he says, Solomon worshipped, look at that. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, 
and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. He refused. He couldn't. And I will show you. He says, on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, look at what he did. He even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Why? Look, Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. You see, love is a very strong thing. Love is a very strong thing. And when your wife says, if you love me, why don't you build this shrine for me? Solomon wants to prove his love. Are you listening? Solomon, mind you, was the wisest man that ever lived. And he was so anointed. He kept a bad company and they did turn his heart away. This is a man who built a temple for God. This is a man whose father David was not even worthy to build a temple for God. And God chose him to build a temple for him. Are you listening? This is a man who was visited by God on two occasions. I'm not, I'm not sure if you are wiser than Solomon. I'm not sure if God has chosen you to build a temple for him. But this same man now is building shrines because of the company that he kept. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Hallelujah. So every wife can affect the husband. Every wife can affect the husband. And every husband also can have great influence over the wife. Are you listening? So whoever your wife is, whoever you marry, know that she can influence the way you think. You have to be conscious of that. And so when you are choosing a wife, choose wisely. Are you listening? And when you are choosing a husband, you choose wisely because your husband can have great influence over your life. Bad company can come from friends. Amen? Sometimes you find students who are very intelligent, doing very well, excelling in school. And then you see that they start turning down. And doing poorly. And when you look into it, you realize that they have accompanied with certain friendship. When students leave church and they go to college, initially they are still with the Lord. They do their quiet time. As soon as they come home, they are in church. They are in the choir. They are in the ministries where they belong and they are doing things. And soon you realize that they begin to backslide. 
It is the company that they keep. The new company. You cannot be wiser than God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, God had clearly said they should not keep this company. Amen. Are you listening to me? Christians can also make bad company. It's not every Christian that should be your friend. I'm your pastor. I said it. It is not every Christian that must be your friend. You can't keep company with every person because the person is in church. So, Reverend, what kind of Christians should we not keep company with? Christians who criticize pastors are not company that you should keep. Are you listening? Christians whose conversation destroys the church, they are not the kind of company you want to keep. You have to understand that when you keep company with someone whose activities, whose conversation destroys the church, when the Lord reacts to that person, you will be reacted to also. Amen. You cannot say, Reverend, I am with them, but I'm not like them. I hear them, but I'm not like them. Anytime you are in the company where all kinds of things about church come to you, all sorts of conversation, all sorts of things about pastors come to you, know that you are in a comfortable zone and you fit well in that situation and in that comfort. That is why that conversation comes to you all the time. Because when you truly are against it, it irritates you. You cannot keep company like that. Are you listening to me? You cannot keep company like that. So Christians who gossip about others, they are not the kind of company that you should keep. And I always tell you that when someone is a gossiper, the person is a gossiper. Or you don't understand when a person is a gossiper, the person is a gossiper. When someone is gossiping to you about another person, he is a gossiper or she is a gossiper. And she is not a gossiper only when she comes to you. She's a gossiper when she's not with you. So the same gossip that she gossiped to you about another person, she will turn to another person and gossip about you to that person. It's a wisdom that you have to... It's very simple wisdom. It doesn't need a divine revelation and intervention to understand that. So when, any, when anyone comes to stand to you to talk about another person, understand that this is a person who can talk about me also. Or this is a person who talks about me also. Are you listening? The next symptom is looking backward. Looking backward. Looking backward is a sign that you are about to backslide. When you come to Christ, when you are saved and you continue to look backward, it's a sign that you are about to backslide. Let us read a scripture, a passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19. 
Genesis chapter 19. Now, this is a very important Genesis chapter 19, and we're reading from verse 1. This is a very important passage because Jesus made reference to it concerning backsliding. Are you listening? He says, that evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. You remember these angels who visited Abraham and they said, God has sent them to destroy Sodom. And Abraham was standing in and intervening on behalf of his nephew Saul and his family. So the Bible says, after they left that evening, they came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there. And when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed his face to the ground. Are you paying attention? I want you to listen very carefully. Lot was with certain people. He he saw the angels. So he went and he bowed his face to them. He identified them. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet. And be my guest for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your own again, on your way again. Oh no, they replied. We will just spend the night out here in the city square. If you know Sodom, you will never want to spend the night in the city square. But Lot insisted. So at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread, made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They surrounded Lot's house. All the men from in Sodom, from all the neighborhoods, young and old, they came and surrounded the house. Why? See, they shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so we can have sex with them. Mercy. I want you to pay attention to which people came, not the women in the city. All the men in the city he said, bring them out that we'll have sex with them. But before, he says, but, so Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. So he stepped out, closed the door, and tried to negotiate with them. And he says, please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you and you can do with them as you wish. The whole city, all the men, young and old. He says, I will bring my two daughters and do as you wish with them. But please leave these men alone for they are my guests and are under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider and now he's acting like our judge. This is what the man said to Lot. We will treat you for we will treat you far worse than those other men. He says, if you don't bring them, you as you are standing here, we will treat you even worse. 
than these two men. And they launched toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Wow. Whenever you serve God, no matter what the circumstances, he will come and deliver. The scripture says he will be a very present help in times of adversity. Hallelujah. He says, then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. They were blind. That means that they were even trying still, even as they were blind. And they couldn't find the door. So they gave up. Now listen. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place. Your sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or anyone else. Get them all out of this place. Get them all out of this place. So now, when salvation comes to you, it comes to your whole house. So now the angels are saying to Lot, get everyone that is in your household out of this place. Your sons-in-laws, your daughters, your wife, everyone else. For we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord. And he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughters, the daughter's fiancés. Quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young man thought he was only joking. Beloved, whenever we talk about salvation, it sounds like a joke. Whenever we talk about what God is about to do to us on earth, it always sounds like a joke. It never looks real. It can never be real that this can happen to us. Hallelujah. Because sometimes you don't see any sign that this is going to happen. So it sounds like a joke. So at dawn, the next morning, the angels became insistent. Say insistent. The angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife, your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and the two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. Hallelujah. For the Lord was merciful. Say it. You see, sometimes when we are holding your hand, when we are pushing you to do something, when we are insisting that you do something, you may feel irritated. I can imagine how Lot's wife felt and the daughters, how they felt when the angels were grabbing them. And she said, I have to pack my things. 
I have to take my things. I have personal belongings that I have acquired over the years. And I have to take care of them. Reverend, I have a job that I have to go to. And then you are being insisted on attending a prayer meeting. Stay up at night to pray. Sometimes when you are being insisted on doing this, it is the Lord who is being merciful to you. Sometimes when there's an insistence for you to do something, it is the Lord who is being merciful to you. Sometimes when your parents are dragging you to a meeting and you don't feel like going and you, they are dragging, they say, you must go, you are coming. It is the Lord who is being merciful to you. But you will not understand it. Sometimes when you are giving something to do in church, you feel very reluctant. They say, go and join the choir. Join the ashes. Join the Sunday school teachers. And you feel so reluctant. Be a prayer warrior. It is the Lord who is being merciful to you. Amen. So I believe Lot and his family were irritated. He says, give us chance. What is the rush? Give us chance. We have to pack some few things. But the angels dragged them out. And what felt like something against your will, it was the Lord who was being merciful to them. Amen. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. I want you to take note. Verse 18. Oh no, my Lord. Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life. And you have shown such great kindness. But I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster will catch up to me there and I will soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please, let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village. But hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zoa, which means little place. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy the passage? So this passage is very important. And like I said, Jesus made reference to this. And he said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. That is all he said. Remember Lot's wife. Concerning your work with God, remember Lot's wife. Concerning what can take you back, remember Lot's wife. Hallelujah. So of all the rebellious women and rebellious people that did so many things, Jesus made reference to Lot's wife. And that is why I think we should learn some few things from this scripture. Verse 19, verse 17 says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, 
neither stay thou in all the plains. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Hallelujah. So the first thing we learn here is that you escape for your life for your salvation. Amen. You must escape for your salvation. Hallelujah. Once Lot and his family were saved from destruction, it was up to them now to stay away and maintain their salvation, to escape for their salvation. Hallelujah. They needed to escape for their lives. They have been brought out of Sodom, but they needed to escape for their lives. Amen. You realize that when the angels brought them out of Sodom, the angels did not drag them further. When Jesus saves you, you must escape for your salvation. You have a responsibility to maintain your salvation. Are you listening to me? When you are brought out of Sodom, you must have a responsibility to stay away from Sodom. And the way to do that is to escape. He says, escape, run, escape for thy life. Escape for thy life. Escape for thy life, your life. Hallelujah. Because if you don't escape, if you don't move far away, there is a tendency for you to fall back to Sodom. There is a tendency for you to fall back to your old ways. There is a tendency for you to have a sense of loss, to have a false sense of loss in Sodom, that you would want to go back to where you came from. Hallelujah. So it says, escape for thy life. You have to escape. So we are learning, one, that you have to escape. You don't stay near where you have been delivered. You cannot look back to the things that you had done in the past. You cannot look back. Amen. You see, when a hunter catches a deer, the scripture says the deer ought to escape from the hunter and the bears ought to escape from the snare of the fowler. Because when the hunter catches the deer, the deer now has a responsibility to release itself from the hand of the hunter. Are you listening to me? So if the deer relaxes and stays with the hunter, what do you think will happen to the deer? Oh, you don't understand. Proverbs 6 and verse 5. It says, the roe, you know what is a roe? Roe is a deer. And the Bible says, deliver thyself. You, you, say me. It says, deliver thyself as a roe. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter. You have to deliver yourself. When you are saved, you ought to deliver yourself from the hand of the hunter or as a bear from the hand of the fowler. So when you are saved, you have a responsibility to deliver yourself. When you are saved, you cannot stay close by and take selfies for memory's sake. Are you listening to me? When you are saved, you have a responsibility. If the deer, the hunter has caught the deer and the deer releases itself and the deer is standing there. 
and says, I want for a memory, I want to take selfies, which is what some of you do. You take in photographs for all kinds of memory. You have photographs for all kinds of memory. And the scripture is saying, you have to escape for your own life. Hallelujah. You have to deliver yourself. Amen. It means run as far as possible away from your old ways and don't look back. Amen. Some of you talk about the worldly past. You talk about the worldly past with nostalgia. You talk about the things that you have done in the past and you reminisce and you bring such joy and memory of happiness. And you say all kinds of things. Christosumuntia, you don't know. You don't know where we have been. You talk to me like that. Do you know me? And you are so proud of it. Are you listening to me? You don't know the men that we have dated. You don't know the women that we have gone with in the past. Are you listening? And we remember, sometimes you are there and then you are just remembering some old past and you see, then you are remembering, you are remembering, just going over your memory and you are just lying there and then you feel happy. You say, oh, and then you are, you are, you are enjoying the times of old. You are looking back and you are not going to last long. Are you listening? Sometimes you look at certain photographs and you are keeping them. You are holding on to them. You will not last long. Say to your neighbor, you will not last long. Amen. There is a story here that Bishop writes about a young lady. About He says, I always remember the story of a lady who stood before a Christian group to testify. So everyone was giving a testimony. How their life has been coming to Christ, finding Christ, being in the church. So this young lady also stood up to give testimony. She happily recounted what she had done as an unbeliever. She said, I used to go out with many men. They would pick me up in, and we would go out and party at nightclubs and discos. We used to dance all night. It was so great, she said. So with great excitement in her voice, she told the Christian group, I traveled all over the world with these men. We really had a good time together. We spent time. We had a good time. Name it. What city have we not been? We went here. We did this. We did that. Then her voice dropped. And she said sadly. But I got saved. And now here am I in church.
says, I got saved. And now here am I in church. Say, escape for thy life. Say, escape for thy life. Amen. The next point in this passage, it says, neither, it says, neither stay thee in the plain. Neither stay thee in the plain. Did you see that? Verse, we are reading verse 17. Neither stay thee in the plain. Genesis. Neither stay thee in the plain. Neither stay thee in the plain. So when you get saved, you don't remain in the same plane. Plane means the same level. When you get saved, you cannot remain in the same level. Neither remain thee in the plane. You cannot stay in the plane. You are bound to fall if you do that. Amen. Amen. So your attitude towards church must not be in the same plane. Your attitude about only Sunday, two hours in church, it cannot continue. If you are saved, you must not remain in the same plane. Say amen. amen. If you find yourself in the same plane, you attend church meetings the same way you have done last year, remember that you are in the same plane. Are you listening to me? It's a sign that you are going to backslide. It says, neither remain thee in the same plane. Escape. Do not remain in the plane. You need to move on. Hallelujah. You need to move on. You cannot be the same way of, with prayers. You cannot have the same attitude with Bible reading. You cannot remain the same. Remaining the same level or the same plane is a sign or symptom that you are going to backslide. Amen. When Lot and his family were brought out, he says, do not remain in the same plane. Where, did they, where were they told to go? He says, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain. Escape to the mountain. Lest thou be consumed. Lest thou be consumed. So, the next one is to escape to the mountain. You must escape to the mountain. So, it is always easier to live in a plain. How many of you understand that? It is easy to live in a plain. But if you want to continue to walk with God, you must climb up the mountain. It is easier to do easy things. If you want to continue walking with the Lord, you must begin to do difficult things. Are you listening to me? You see, the reason why, recently I was talking to a young lady who is gone to college. And she was telling me, she says, Reverend, it's a lot of work. And I feel overwhelmed. It's a lot. Too much work. And sometimes I feel like I'm not going to finish. And I said to her, that is exactly what it is. But many people have finished. And the reason why many people don't go to college is because of that. So if you have chosen to go to college, that is what you must expect. If you want to go further in life, you must do difficult things. No one will do easy things and go up in life. 
No one will stay in the plane and automatically be lifted up in life. If you want to go up in life, you must do difficult things that many people don't do. If you want to go up in life, you must climb the mountain. It is easy to live in the plane. It is easy to sleep and wake up at 8 o'clock and do your quiet time for 10 minutes and go to work. But if you want to climb up with the Lord, if you want to remain higher in spirit and go up with the Lord, you must do the challenge of waking up at dawn to pray. Yes, it's difficult, but you have to do it. It is climbing up the mountain. I say it is climbing up the mountain. Hallelujah. So when Lot and his family was brought up, he said, don't stay in the plane. You cannot continue in the plane. You must climb up the mountain. Yes, Lot said, but it is difficult. It is difficult to go up the mountain. It is easy to stay here. It is easy to stay here. Beloved, you are not wiser than God. It is easy to remain here. But God says, move up the mountain. Climb up. Do difficult and hard things. Young people, if you are going to do well in life, if your life is going to be any different from your colleagues, you are going to do the difficult things. You have to go to college. You have to write papers. It's a lot. That is why many people don't go to college. That is why the few who go to college, they have special types of jobs. Because they are the ones who choose to do difficult things. If you are going to go up in life, you have to do difficult things. You have to do things that are not easy. Things that not many people can do. That is what is going to lift you up. The angels told them, don't stay in the plains. Go up the mountain. And then he also says, do not look behind thee. Do not look behind thee. When you begin to look at the things that are behind you, you are going to fall back. When you begin to think of the things that you have left in the world, you are going to fall back. When you begin to reminisce and think about your old boyfriend and your old girlfriend, and you still have their numbers on your phone, just in case, you are going to fall back. Lot's wife had a desire she had things that she had left in Sodom. There were things that she had left in Sodom. She wanted to go back and pick up her wigs, her mini skirts, her lipsticks, her jewelry that she had acquired over the years. Beloved, when we are coming to Christ and we want to come with the same old bundle, we are not going to last. If you are coming with the same old bundle, when we are coming to Christ and we still want to keep the same old bundle, it's not going to last. You must be prepared to take up your cross if you are ready to walk with Christ. And taking up the cross is going up the mountain. Say amen. Say amen. You see, many of us have a mindset that Christianity must not be this difficult. We have a mindset that serving God must not be this difficult. Why should we make it so difficult? Serving God should not be so much of a challenge. Why should it be so challenging? Why can't we pray from 8 a.m. to or 
12 noon to 1, when I have my lunch break. We must intentionally do difficult things. Are you listening to me? We must intentionally do difficult things. It would have been easy for them to stay in a plane, but the angel said, climb up. Go up the mountain. Hallelujah. You see, you'll realize that during the pandemic, many people have backslidden. Or you don't know. Many people have backslidden. But guess what? The people who do easy things for the Lord are the ones who are backslidden. The people who are in church are the ones who have been consistently throughout the difficulty. In the rain, they are here. In the snow, they are here. They are the ones who continue on. Doing difficult things will guarantee your work with God. Staying up in the plane is guaranteed that you turn back to Sodom and you backslide. Give the Lord a clap offering. Many people don't think you should stress yourself at all. You don't think that you should stress yourself to serve the Lord. You don't think that you should rise up early to pray. You don't think that it's necessary to fast. It's too much. Look at what Lord said. He says, if I do this, I will die. It's too much. Why should I go up the mountain? Let me just stay in this little town. Is it not little? Is it not small? Is it not close by? Say, Reverend, why should we fast for a week? Why 21 days? Why should we have, why can't, why can't we just have two hours of service for the week? Sometimes it's very difficult. And we say, rise up at midnight and pray until 4 a.m. It is difficult. But you realize that the people who remain, the people who continue on, are the ones who are still working with the Lord. Hallelujah. Doing easy things is guaranteed that you are going to fall. Hallelujah. When you are asked to pray all night, it is not too extreme. It is just going up the mountain. It will not do any harm to your health. Lord said, it will kill me. It is not healthy. It is not healthy. Perhaps I will drive and I'll fall asleep. It is not healthy. But if Lord had decided to do the hard thing, perhaps his wife would have been saved. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked back. Perhaps if she had gone very far from Sodom, there would have been nothing to look back to. Perhaps if they have hacking and they have climbed up the mountain, perhaps they have, would have gone all over the mountain that Sodom would have been too far even to look at. But oftentimes, we are falling back to the things that we have left behind. Some of you have things that you have keeping. You are still keeping. You still have the old music. What is wrong with just keeping once in a while? Are you listening to me? Sometimes when we go out and we are in the company of unbelievers and they are playing unbeliever songs. And suddenly I see all the church members come to the dance floor and everyone is singing the same song that is, and they know all the songs and the lyrics. And I wonder, how? Where have these people been? 
and they know how to dance the latest dance. The latest moves. And we don't even know how to sing the songs in church. Are you listening to me? Verse 18, it says, And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. Beloved, when you give your life to Christ, that is not the end. When you stand to receive Jesus Christ, that is not the end. When you become born again, that is not the end. He says, you have magnified thy mercy. Christ has died for me. I have received Jesus Christ. He says, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain. I can't do difficult things. Lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now. This city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall be saved, and my soul shall live. Hallelujah. Remember Lot's wife. Lot chose to stay closer. Lot chose to remember the things of the past, and his wife turned. Because it was so close. He chose to live in a place that was near Sodom. We don't have a lot of time to read, but when we read further, you will hear of many things that happened to Lot because he chose to stay near Sodom. Beloved, when we choose to stay near the things that we have left in the world, it's a sign, it's a clear sign or symptom that we are going to backslide. Hallelujah. This is all time will allow us. We have many symptoms that we can, we are going to go over, but we will pause here and we will continue when we meet again. Clap your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet. Oh, the life of Lot was such a brief life. Lot's wife lived a very short life that we knew about. Not a lot was said about her. But there was such a profound statement made about her. <laughs> Jesus Christ said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked back. She looked back at the old things. She looked back at the things that she had left in the world and she did not last long with her walk with God. The distraction took her. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the revelation. We pray, Lord, that as you have saved us, Lord, give us the ability, give us of your spirit to move us to move us forward. May we not remain in May we escape far away from where you took us. 
far away from where you saved us may we not look back he said look not back escape for thy life and climb up the mountain may we have the boldness and the strength to climb up in the name of Jesus now with all eyes closed and every head bowed you are here this afternoon you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior I want to pray with you the Lord is here to deliver you you feel that you are very close to the things you left the things that are in the world continue to be attractive to you you are still attracted to pornography you are still attracted to your old boyfriends and your girlfriends you still have some videos that you visit every now and then or perhaps you have saved them and every now and then you have a high temptation to look at them again this afternoon I want to pray with you perhaps you still have friends who smoke smoke all kinds of things marijuana they drink all kinds of things and you move with them these are friends that you are with you have been with them for many years and you feel that you are in church you are so strong your parents have disciplined you you have been disciplined you have been raised well you hear the word of God all the time but beloved that is a very strong hold that can draw you back if that is you this afternoon I want to pray with you I want to pray with you you still have some music that every now and then you listen to and you remember the life of old the old times and you feel attracted feel like going back to these things I want to pray with you there is no shame I want to pray with you I want to pray with you there is still a lifestyle you feel there's this lifestyle it's not right I want to pray with you you are in church Solomon was in church but he he was not faithful with the Lord completely yes you are in church but you are not faithful with the Lord completely I want to pray with you this afternoon the Lord is here to save you deliver you. If there's anyone here like that, wherever you are, just put your hand on your heart and I want to pray with you. You are saying, Lord, take me, take me far, far away from this, far away from this lifestyle, lifestyle of adultery, lifestyle of fornication. There is a company at work that you keep. They drink and every now and then you go with them and you say, I'm them. Beloved, you are not wiser. You are not more anointed than Solomon. Even Solomon, when he did not heed to the instruction of the Lord, the Bible says, his company, the bad company that he kept, they turned his heart away from God. This afternoon, the Lord is here to say, put your hand on your heart and I want to pray with you right now. Lord, look at these ones. They come to you, Lord. They say, Lord, we are too close to this. We are too close. Every now and then, we have that temptation. Every now and then, this behavior is drawing me back again. Every now and then. Some of you is drinking of alcohol, smoking cigarettes and marijuana. Every now and then, it's taking you back. Father, deliver us. Deliver us from these things. Deliver us from this lifestyle. Deliver us, Lord, from Sodom. Deliver us, Lord, from the things that you have left us. 
company. Just so we would take and wear and fit in the company. In different companies. Lord, deliver us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for the company that you are saving us from. Take us far, far, far away. Move us away from this company. Drive us away from this company. Oh, God. Give us your angels to hold our hands and drag us up the mountain. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is saving you right now. The Lord is delivering you. You are free from this talent. You are free from this talent. You are free from this entanglement. Father, we break loose this bond. In the name of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus answer for everyone that is here right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, set your children free. Set them free. We break every bondage. In the name of Jesus. We break you loose. We set you loose. In the name of Jesus. Evil communication. Evil friends. Language. That you hide. And you learn. You don't speak it when you are in church. But it's in you. We break and we uproot every seed of evil. In the name of Jesus. All the saints say amen. Now, before we sit down, I want to give anyone here a chance. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. If that is your prayer, I want to pray with you. You want to give your life to Christ. You are with us on Zoom. You are listening. You want to give your life to Christ. If that is you, lift up your hand and I want to pray with you. You want to receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Master, and as your Lord. Lift up your hand and I want to pray with you. And I want the church to join me and say this prayer together and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Please wash me with your blood. Please wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my heart. Receive me as one of your sons. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my master. I accept you as my savior. Accept you as Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me today. For saving me today. In Jesus' name. Sing, Shana. have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823-299-84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you